Hello, and we're with you with episode 50 of the ClapperCast. I'm Burke. And I'm Sean. And last week we dove into the Atlantic MVPs of the 2019-2020 NHL season. And this week we're going to go ahead and cover the Metro Division MVPs. Um, So, Sean, do you want to start with Carolina? Yeah, let's go right in alphabetically here. We'll start with Carolina. So uh, who do you have? Who do you think their MVP of this past season has been? Um, Well, I know I want to say David Ayers. Oh, you um, took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Sebastian Ajo. Um, okay. Play it a little easy and a little, a little boring with that pick, but uh, I'll explain why. So he played all 68 games for them. Uh, he had 38 goals, 28 assists, 66 points. He was a plus 10. He had 17 power play points, four shorthanded goals. And a shooting percentage of eighteen point five percent. Is that last, sustainable? Um, I don't think so. Last year he was at twelve point <laughs> three, so um, that's a pretty big jump. Um, Definitely is. You know, this season he got ten more goals than assists, and last year he got thirty goals in eighty-two games and fifty-three assists. So it's a bit of a swap there for for that difference in goals and assists to flip like that in one year. Yeah, definitely. Um, so more goals in 68 games than last year in, th- in 82. Um, I don't know if he's being used differently or if he's just shooting, but it seems like um, his shooting percentage went way up. So maybe that's, he's just, everything's going in. Um, I, I, I don't know. I picked him because, you know, 22 years old, he's leading the team in points. He's a point per game plus player. Um kind of emerging into that star for that franchise yeah no he's totally the offensive force like he's he's gonna be a very good player for years to come and what he's doing already at 22 is gonna be pretty impressive once he hits kind of his peak in his mid to late 20s for this for this hurricanes team absolutely uh did you have any other picks or honorable mentions for the hurricanes I actually did. I uh, I was struggling between Aho and Dougie Hamilton, but I ended up leaning towards Dougie Hamilton, even though he missed the last like twenty-ish games of the season because of how much, how good he was all around for that Hurricanes team this season. That he before he was injury, um, he was pretty much a Norris candidate. He was right up there with John Carlson. He had forty points in forty-seven games. That's near nearer he was going to be setting career highs this season easily. Um, three of his fourteen goals were game winners as well which is pretty impressive from a defenseman, in my opinion. And he was second on the team in time on ice per game. Very close with Jacob Slavin. He was at 23-17. And he had extremely high possession numbers that he was up in the fifth, in like a high 50% range in both Corsi and Fenwick, wow. which was tops on the team, I believe, as well. Or second to Teravainen in Corsi and top in Fenwick. And... Looking at um, point shares as well and how many points that it's estimated he contributed, um, he was tied with Aho for the lead in that. So his He's play all around, totally. And splitting that uh, eight point, his eight point six point share up into offensive and defensive are pretty even, like four point zero in offensive point share, four point six defensive. So he's kind of contributing in all sides of the ice. So just how how strong he had been through the year, I kind of leaned towards Hamilton as uh, the Hurricanes MVP this season. It's definitely a workhorse for them. Yeah. One one last 
little thing I looked into just to find out is that before Hamilton got injured, the Hurricanes were 27-18-2 for a 660 points percentage. After he got injured, they were 11-7-3 for a 595 points percentage. So that's a pretty significant drop from from like a solid playoff team to 595 is kind of like just hovering in the playoffs barely. So yeah, that's that's definitely um, speaks to how important he was to them. I don't uh, have yeah, any other probably. honorable mentions for the Canes. Um, I mean, Hamilton was my pick, but I just dropped him because of some of the time he missed. Um, totally. Yeah, that that was the that was a struggle. Is like he did miss what ended up being almost a third of the season. But he should be back for playoffs. Yes, and that's going to be huge. Yeah, that's going to be could be like almost like a black ace because he's missed so much time and they're they were doing so much better with him in the lineup that if he was in the lineup the whole year they might have finished stronger, right? And Definitely. placed different differently in playoffs. Yeah, they would have been probably closer to competing with Pittsburgh and Philadelphia off of mm-hmm. off of that um, points percentage. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's move on here to uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Who was your pick? Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing with the Blue Jackets, like it's hard to, for me to find one specific player because they're such a by committee team. Like everyone kind of buys in, everyone kind of does their contributions to the lineup. So it's hard to find a single one who stood out significantly um i ended up leaning towards seth jones because of his insanely elite level reliable defensive presence and how much he does both sides of the puck he's kind of a he's really quietly blossomed into one of the best defensemen in the league and easily the stalwart of their defensive corps and i think a player like that just ends up being the mvp by default just Mm -hmm by what he contributes day in, day out to the team. Yeah, I actually wrote down Seth Jones as one of my options here. Um, led the team in an ice time by a pretty significant margin. Um, he had like 25 plus minutes on average per game played. So he's almost playing like a third of the, or a half of each game. Yeah. Um, six goals, 24 assists, 30 points, um, plus 10, nine power play points. Um, 123 blocks, 62 hits. He had a massive drop in giveaways this year too. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but um, I think it just shows you know becoming a more mature defenseman, uh, making better decisions, not throwing the puck away needlessly. Yeah. Um, His giveaways went down from 69 to 37. Yeah, so pretty pretty big drop. Um, him and Rorensky are. You know, one of the solid top three D pairings in the league, if not the Easily. top one. Easily, yeah. That's kind of a that's kind of a big development of the year for them. Is that those two combined have become such a such a top level defensive pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got shout outs here to Pierre Luc Dubois and Oliver Bjorkstrand for stepping up um, offensively. Um, BLD had 49 points in 70 games, and Bjorkstrand had 36 points in 49 games, including 21 goals. Um, so a bit of a you know breakout for him, uh, goal scoring wise. Um, but Seth Jones wasn't actually my pick. I picked Elvis Merzlikens. Um, 
So 33 games played, uh, a 9.23 save percentage, and a 2.35 goals against average. Uh, five shutouts, um, top 10 goals saved above average, 12.1. Um, he was fifth in save percentage in the league and fifth in goals against average. So I think that's you know, fair. With... I mean, his hot stretch there where he had like all those shutouts in 10 games, like that was kind of, that was just an amazing stretch. And I mean, his performance kind of propelled the Blue Jackets back up into the playoff spot where they ended at the end of the season. Yeah, I think without him stepping up, they wouldn't be where they are at. Um even in contention for playoffs, um, you know, 13 wins, nine losses, and eight tied slash overtime, which is the highest in the league. So, you know, he played in a lot of close games that that went to overtime or a shootout and ended up losing. So, you know, even though he didn't get as many wins, he still ended up getting a point for the team. Um, so definitely an impressive run. Um, earned himself a nice contract. Uh, so hopefully he can keep it up uh, going into playoffs. They're going to have to decide between him and Corpus Salo. Um, so, well, I mean, they can they yeah. can honestly just like you you get a game if you suck here, it's going to the other guy the next game. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they can just Pretty they much. can just roll one of those. Like if you lose, you're out. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, anything else to add for CBJ? Nope, that uh, Merzlikens was my honorable mention pick that I just didn't quite think he had played enough games or was good for long enough, but I think his performance was definitely noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so New Jersey, um, just to bounce off Merzlikens, um, you know, he's maybe in some Calder talk. My pick should be in the Calder talk again. Unfortunately, that conversation is going to be dominated by the, d- the defensemen that are kind of having their amazing years, McCarr and Hughes. Um, but my pick for New Jersey is Mackenzie Blackwood. And honestly, um, I don't think there is a single other player on that team worthy of being in that discussion. Yeah, and I figured you would pick him as well after you know the conversations we've had all season long about you know what their record looked like without him in the lineup. Um, Absolutely. Ended up being... Um, 6 15 and 4 without him in the lineup and 22 14 and 8 with him which it's like that's so. just like, <laughs> compl- like I can't even I can't even comprehend how much different the team performed with him in the net when you look at like his record yeah. being 22 14 and 8 but the team's record was 28 29 and 12 like just how many of the good games the team had were contributed or propelled by Blackwood yeah it's uh pretty ridiculous um Got some more stats here. Um, so he was eighth in the league in shots against. So, um, as in the most shots against. Um, seventh in the league in total saves. Um, he had a 9.15 save percentage and a 2.77 goals against average and three shutouts. Um, you know, not not super impressive, but you have to remember the team that's in front of him. Totally, and um, you know, in in comparison to the other goalies on the team, like. The other two who played any, you know, reasonable amount of games being Corey Schneider and Louis Domingue both had save percentages in the 880s and goals against average 353, 379. And Blackwood's 915 and 277. Like, that's that's noticeably different and quite significant. Yeah, and this is a guy who was 22 at the beginning of the season. Um, You know, had only 
I think it was, was this his first full season or his first season at all? Uh, He's been kicking around for a couple of years. I think. Yeah, played um played so last last year. games yeah. in last season. Yeah. So this is his first full season. Um, and he got thrust into that starter job really early because Schneider left game one opening night with cramps. So Blackwood basically took the reins and never let go. Um, that's a tough spot to be in, especially on a team that sucks. Um, and on a team that sucks. He, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood was second in the league in high danger save percentage as well. So the New Jersey Devils, they, you know, they gave up quite a few high danger scoring chances and Blackwood was second in the league in that, in high danger save percentage at 870. He's behind only two Karask. Yeah, that's insane. Um, in his last 11 games, he went eight, one and two with a 941 save percentage. Uh, and in the month of February... He had seven starts, and he had a 961 save percentage, which was first in the NHL. It's insane, considering yeah. the team. Just, and, just like imagine like... if they had got even average performances out of their other goalies. Like they would actually exactly. have been this is a, team a playoff that team. Shed probably. all their. This is a team that got rid of everybody at the trade deadline too. Like just yeah. selling everything, and he's still shining. Um, yeah, there's like you said at the beginning. There's really no other choice to be made here. Uh, I think Blackwood really was the MVP and nothing even came close. I mean, they did get, they, they were able to get a draft pick for Wayneson, so that's pretty valuable. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that's never going to die. <laughs> Shout out to Wayne. That was a pretty, pretty cool move. Um, yeah, Blackwood, um, you know, if, if he even had a competent team in front of him, I think he would have been, the team would have been a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on here to the New York Islanders. Um, who was your pick? I went with Brock Nelson this season. Um, he led the team in goals. He had 26 goals, second in points with uh, 54. And he's second in time on ice per game for forwards. Now, what mm-hmm. what made me take him over someone like Matthew Barzell was that Brock Nelson plays in every single situation. That he's like fourth in time on ice, shorthanded, fifth in time on ice, power play, seventh in time on ice at even strength. So he's used all over in every situation, and he contributed quite a bit to the success on the special teams for for the Islanders this season. And, and that's kind of what set him apart for me, and why I think he went. He he is the the Islands MVP this season. Yeah, um, I mean, you mentioned my pick there, Mar- Matt Barzell, <laughs> um, team leader in points. Um, 68 games played, 19 goals, 41 assists for 60 points, 12 power play points. Um, honestly, I picked him because, um, you know, obviously the, the point totals, um, but he got a two-minute jump in average ice time per game this season. So last year he was at 17.55, and this season he went from or he went to 20.03. Um, it was so a pretty, pretty good rebound year for leap. him too. Yeah, um, and, um, you know, Trotz is a coach that I'm familiar with, having coached the Caps, um, and I know he doesn't just throw players ice time for no reason. Um, a lot of Caps fans would criticize him for not playing younger players, and I think that Barzell's leap forward in ice time shows that Trotz is more confident in him and willing to put him out there more. And, and Which is, yeah, it's a good sign for, for a younger player. Yeah, um, getting more co- more confidence and extra ice time. 
yeah, and he's he's paying off. You know, he's almost at a point per game. Um, definitely driving the offense of that team. Definitely getting a lot of offensive zone starts. He's at about 58% um, of his own starts, even strength. Um, so I can see your argument for, for Brock Nelson of kind of playing both sides of the rink and, and, and also playing the um, penalty kill, which is something that Barzell doesn't usually do. Um, I had, he had like a minute or something of, of penalty kill time this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um, pretty good you know there's still some things you can develop like giveaways he had like a hundred plus so yeah you know well certain is... players like barzell too like giveaways are they're not great to see that many but they're also like he's a guy that plays with a puck on his stick a lot so yeah, he's going they're probably to just, mostly you know, offensive zone yeah giveaways trying to make a pass trying to force a pass or something like that um but um i think he's just very instrumental for them in their offense so that's that's why i picked him um, but it was tough. It was a tough choice. Kind of like how you said Columbus is, you know, you wanted to pick Columbus. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, <laughs> the it's Islanders the <laughs> are almost the same way, right? There, There's a lot of players that have similar point totals. So it makes it tough to choose just one. Yeah. Um, the other New York team, though, I think it was I, a lot easier of a decision. Yeah, I, I again, like this is the <laughs> other team that it's like there is only one pick anybody else there there's nobody else on this team really mvp nod <laughs> yeah so for the rangers it's got to be the bread man first season there lived up to the hype uh he Legitimate popped off. contender yeah 69 games played 32 goals a whopping 63 assists for 95 points yeah so that's plus... career highs in all <laughs> offensive categories plus 36 1.38 points per game God damn! And I mean, his line mates, his his most frequent line mates were Ryan Strom and Jesper Faust. Like they're not <laughs> awful, but they're not exactly first line forward caliber. No. And I mean, Ryan Strom ended up with a fifty nine point season, spending a lot of or a lot of or the most time with with Panarin. Yeah, I mean, he kind of took advantage of some injuries yeah. earlier in the season, and they just developed some chemistry and just Stuck if it's not with broke, it. don't fix it, right? Like exactly. Um, even when Zabanishad came back and was just lighting it up, um, don't have to change it just because you can. Um, paid off. Um, Panarin also got 24 power play points, uh, yeah, four game-winning uh, goals. I think an impressive part about Panarin is how much of his scoring was at even strength. I think he led the league in even strength scoring. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of points. Yeah. So I don't, don't doubt it. 60 um, or... 71 even strength points, I think, if I can do the math in my head. He also had a lot of ice time per game, 20, 36 average per game. Yeah. Um, it's so telling that Panarin long. and Zibanejad didn't play on the same line very often, but both of them had 20 minutes of ice time per game. Yeah. Yeah, they're out there for power plays probably like most of the game. Yeah. <laughs> or most of the power play, rather. Um, yeah, they both, I think Zibanejad had two hat tricks, Panarin had one. Um, they're just a, a, a lot different of a team. Like they've kind of changed their identity, the Rangers. I feel they've they've kind of got that star power now. Um, they've got a lot of young players, um, some exciting offensive D-man. They've got Fox. They've got uh, D'Angelo. Kind of a different team than they used to be. They never. I mean, when was the, what was the last like big star Ranger? 
trying to think back, but it honestly they they haven't had the type of star power since the lockout, since the salary cap came in, because they used to just get every single free agent of oh, yeah, any... like Rick Nash. Yeah, I mean, even Gabrick. even yeah, like they were. I mean, I guess Nash did have that one really good season in New York, but I think they picked up a lot of guys kind of on the downswing of their careers. Yeah, they got like guys like Ryan Callahan, guys like that, McDonough. <laughs> a lot of guys. Yeah. Basically, the Lightning. You know. <laughs> yeah, every <time> Lightning. <laughs> Chattenkirk, just all the Lightning <laughs> players. But like that big star Ranger has been missing for a while, and Breadman is is their guy. He's definitely their man. So. Yeah, I think you know he's got a real shot at getting the, the heart. Absolutely. And I think uh, one other stat that plays well in his favor is again with the point share stat that he was fourth in the league, uh, with eleven point four point share, and he was behind only like Connor Hellebuck and Drysidle and Pasternak, I think. Yeah, he had an insane season. Um, unless you have any other thoughts on the Rangers, we can move along here to the Flyers. Let's move on to the Flyers. Um, I had Ivan Provorov for okay. my pick. Um, kind of went off the board a little bit. Um, I, when I was doing the research, I was expecting to go with you know Giroux. Same here, actually. But I was expecting I was expecting a pick like that. But when I dove into it a bit, um, I really thought Provorov was it. You know, it's not something goofy like gritty or or something kind of more meaningful like Oscar Lindblom, but um, Provorov was kind of the heart and soul of that team, in my opinion. Um, 13 goals, 23 assists, 36 points, plus 11, 16 power play points, one, no, three game-winning goals, one of which was an overtime game winner in spectacular fashion. Um, I remember him having like a really insanely high points total in the first couple months and just thinking he was going to break out as a you know offensive d-man and then he really kind of tapered off and um his point total kind of looked like a more normal um but he played 24 51 per game on average uh, which was first on the team um, which is played... very impressive <laughs> for a 23 year old defenseman yeah he's just they don't solid. usually get that type of trust that type of a confidence from a coach especially a coach like a coaching staff that has like Alain Vigneault and Mike Yo like these are like old school coaches. yeah yeah these like <laughs> old school tough coaches that I feel like are more the you got to earn your ice time so for him to be leading the team in ice time by that significant of an amount because second on the team appears to be Niskanen at 21.54 who is that you know veteran guy yeah um yeah Provorov also is second on the team in power play time per game first of which is Giroux and it's a bit of a drop after uh, Provorov um, and then he's also first on the team in average time on the PK per game um, so he plays three minutes and two seconds per game on the power play and two minutes and 44 seconds on the PK per game so he's out there all the time um, so like you were saying about Brock Nelson Provorov is that guy he's out there all the time um, yeah, every every situation is time for Provorov. <laughs> like he, yeah, it's, so yeah, very versatile, um, dependable guy. So that's that's why I picked him. Uh, I'm curious to see who you picked. Um, so I did go with a goofy pick because I want to say gritty because I think he's a valued <laughs> presence on and off the ice. 
And yeah. I've got some stats here. When when Ooh. he was accused of punching a kid in the back, the Flyers <laughs> actually seemed to rally around their teammate here, and they he was kind of the catalyst for that uh, that hot finish to the season. So before the punch or before the allegations broke out, the Flyers were 27, 17, and six. So they had a six hundred points percentage. After the alleged punch, or after the allegations of the punch, pardon me, they were 14, 4, and 1 with a 763 points percentage. So <laughs> th- this all broke out <laughs> and all the stories. And like, look, they rallied around Gritty and look, they, they finished the season amazing. Like, I think whatever whatever happened, they rallied around Gritty there and he was the MVP. <laughs> That's a good pick. I support that. Um, I feel like the Flyers are always a team that has some funny reason to rally behind like some weird reason like a few years ago when they are struggling they had like that 10 game losing winning streak or losing streak or whatever yeah and then someone asked like jake Vorchek, like how did you guys bounce back he's like oh we went out for some beers and really talked about <laughs> what we wanted to do as a team and then they had you know a good run so yeah they're just they're like that, that, that type team. of like plain plain answer just like deadpan <laughs> Well, they're just Philadelphia's team, really. Yeah. Like they suit that city so well, um, and Gritty is just the personification, as we've <laughs> talked about before. He just is the Absolutely. perfect representation of that city. It's great. Um, but on a on a slightly more serious note, I want to give extra props to Sean Couturier. Like I think this this yep. is his year. This is kind of his breakout year all over the place. Like second on the team in points, fifty nine points. Uh, he's a Selkie favorite. Uh, he's the time on ice leader for forwards. He has a he has an amazing faceoff percentage. He's won fifty nine point seven percent of his faceoffs. That is wow. that's like unheard of. Usually, your fifty five is good. So I think special special shout out to him for that season. And he's probably the actual MVP on the ice, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, similarly, you could you could say the same for Travis Konechny. Uh Definitely a bit of a breakout year for him. Uh, he's the team leader in points. Impressive. For him, for sure. Um, yeah, they were they were scary down the stretch. Um, I thought they were going to pass the Caps and take first in the Metro. Um, so, I guess good news for the Capitals that the season ended. I don't know. Thanks, COVID. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts for the Philly before we move on to the uh, other Pennsylvania team? No, I think that's uh, time for time for Pittsburgh. So. This one honestly was kind of hard for me because so many players missed significant amount of time that they had such roster turnover and such turmoil on the ice that there wasn't a whole lot of like single player standout. So I ended up kind of looking at it and realizing, okay, you know, Crosby missed a fair amount of time and so did so did this guy, but Evgeny Malkin kind of had a bounce back season, and as he usually does when Crosby's out, he ends up kind of taking over the the lead on the team. So he ended up with 74 points in 55 games, and he kind of put the team on his back in like a major injury-plagued season for the Pens and a bit of, like I said, a bounce-back year for him. I also picked Malkin. Um, one of the standout things for me was... So 74 points in 55 games, plus 7. And last season, you know, you had the whole Phil Kessel drama. Um, trade him or I won't play allegedly is what Malkin said last year Malkin finished minus 25 and 72 points in 68 games so again not the full season but 
That's so, a, I mean, it's close enough between two years. A few more, a few more games, um, and less points. So, you know, he kind of put his money where his mouth is. Um, as far as I can do a lot better than that. I don't need Phil Kessel. I don't even need Crosby, <laughs> and and just got a lot of points. Yeah. Um, the only other choice that I had really for the Penguins was Tristan Jerry. Um, so similar well. to my similar to my Merzlikens pick. Um, Jerry is a little bit different. Jerry um, was was insane. Um, Matt Murray just had like a shit stretch and Jerry came in and was unreal. Um, 20 wins, 9-2-1 save percentage, 2.43 goals against, um, 3 shutouts. Yeah. So those are those are very good numbers. Yeah, so and, I mean, he came in, looked the... really great. There's a question mark as to Murray, um, but he kind of bounced back at the end of this end of the year. But again, I think they're going to be in that situation just like Columbus of who we who we play in playoffs, and it'll be interesting to see if that happens to Matt Murray because he did that to Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah. I was just um, thinking about that. Like, this isn't even the first time that Murray's been a part of one of these because he kind of came in at the same, like you said, to Flurry. So now it's time for for Jari's to for Jari to come and do the same to Murray, possibly. Yeah, and it begs the question: Does every Pittsburgh Penguin goalie have to have their last name end in Y to be good? Because you've had Flurry, Murray, Jerry. <laughs> like, yeah, and I mean, how many who, more of these the guys other can one they that take? Pittsburgh had here because Pittsburgh had another goalie who was kind of in a similar situation to uh, Jari before they came up, and Jari was the one that was successful, obviously. So, obviously, the the Y must be a factor. Yeah, I know it's the Y factor, not the X factor. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh's um, Y factor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think Malkin still gets it. Um, he had a, a really great year, and like you said, he, he always seems to play on real when Crosby's not in the lineup. Um, I guess he just does well with that pressure. Um, yeah, well, I guess it's his time. Like he doesn't. Uh, it gives him the chance to be be the guy. Yeah, yeah. I think he really shines in that situation. Absolutely. Um, any other penguins you wanted to shout out? No, you you grab my other pick because I was I was stuck between Malkin and Jari, but I just didn't think Jari played enough games to uh, be the full MVP. So I think uh, that that's yeah. that's where I was at yeah. with Pittsburgh. The difference for me between the Columbus and the Penguins is that Columbus didn't have that standout skater. No, they didn't. They like I said, they were very by committee. Yeah, none of their skaters were like very blatantly insanely good they were all they were all good but none of them were like standout like malkin would have been yeah um i guess we should shout out like the just list of rookies coming up for the penguins stepping in and and playing significant time for them um like john marino kind of d-man that came out of nowhere um you know he had a really good year um, Mark, Marcus Pedersen. I don't think he's a rookie, but uh, Pedersen is really good on their blue, yeah. on their blue line as well. Yeah, younger guy. Yeah, the Penguins are always... I mean, there's that, that tweet that's really funny of, like, you know, well, <laughs> the Penguins could score... Or Penguins could uh, 
win a game and have like a stat line of like Malkin from, you know, Jablonski and Blom or something, and you totally <laughs> believe it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Because I mean, ha- like half the time we don't even know who the wingers are on those two lines. It's just whoever, whoever, like <laughs> whoever can put on their equipment fastest gets to play with them that night. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we'll move on here um, to the Washington Capitals. Um, my pick here is not Alex Ovechkin, which seems like a major faux pas, but it is John Carlson. I agree, one hundred percent. Sixty-nine games played. 15 goals, 60 assists, 75 points, which is amazing <laughs> as a defenseman. Those are those are historic numbers offensively from a defenseman. Like he was rivaling, he he was touching up on like Ray Bork's records early in the season, on on pace and how many points you have in a certain month and all that. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a shame that we didn't get a full season just because of of this. Um, Anovechkin getting another 50, um, plus 12, one. 0.09 points per game so a point per game d-man that's you gotta love that you gotta give yeah. it up to that um 26 power play points 24 assists on the power play um those are probably mostly bombs from the point that gets tipped or feeding ovechkin a one-timer i so, yeah, that's probably accurate um so but still impressive um yeah. 24 38 minutes of ice time on average per game first on the team by over two minutes. Uh, first on team in blocks with 108. Um, and something that actually surprised me is that he's about 50-50 even strength, offensive, defensive zone starts. I would have thought he would have been more offensive, um, but um, looks to be about 50-50. Um, so yeah, career high, high in points and assists. So just an unreal season for him. Yeah, I mean... I've got written down here, like, John Carlson was the best player on a team with Alex Ovechkin. That what he did this season yeah. was so outstanding from his position that there's no way he's not. I mean, he's he's the likely Norris winner. So, um, yes, does an offensive season like that from a defenseman. And, like, he's not even, he's not the best defensively, but his offense is good enough to make up for the defense. That he can be an average yeah. defenseman because he's so good offensively. Um, the one knock I have against him this season and uh, get Ovi gets the edge on this is that Carlson has a 0% faceoff percentage. Um, uh. He's 0, he's 0 for 1, but Alex Ovechkin is 1 for 1, 1 and 0. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, o- Ovechkin gets a nod in faceoffs here, so Carlson's got to step it up, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> wow. On, on that what note, do you, do you happen to recall when Carlson took a faceoff? <laughs> uh no <laughs> okay i saw that in the stat line i'm kind of like when when would carlson have taken a face off and i just found it kind of funny i do not know when he would have taken <laughs> a draw yeah that's that is really weird um i don't know i, I would assume is when someone got kicked out and he went to take it because he had the right hand i guess uh, i guess of handedness yeah they wanted someone of a certain handedness to take it <laughs> so kind of a weird move um but yeah, I mean, he had an outstanding year. Um, he's he's really secured his spot on that power play. Just it gives the power play just two bombs at the point, and uh, I think it's scary for other teams. So um, I think I think part of it too is that he always looks like he's super intoxicated <laughs> on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe people underestimate his uh, his abilities a little bit. 
Um, so great year for him. Um, I just wanted to point out too that um, a lot of these MVPs were on our podcast um, fantasy team. Um, oh yeah, you're right. You, you picked Dougie Hamilton. I picked uh, Ivan Provorov. Um, we got we got I, Carlson. We got Blackwood. Carlson. I picked up we picked up Blackwood because um, I saw Schneider go down. I was like, oh, we should pick up this Blackwood kid. He's going to get a lot of goals against, yeah. and there's going to get a lot of shots on him. Exactly. Um, so it was a it was a good year for us. We had a, a lot of MVPs on our team. Yeah, it made me think good. about who would be our MVP <laughs> on on our uh, fantasy team. Uh, John Carlson. <laughs> probably, probably, probably. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a uh, like I said, um, some of these were pretty easy to pick. Um, Breadman. I think I think out of these, he's definitely the favorite for the league MVP. Absolutely. Um, Carlson, Norris, um, and then Blackwood and Rosleekins. Yeah. Blackwood's like Probably kind of the the long shot for Calder. The Calder. Yeah. Um, any we other... get a lot of those like fourth or fifth place votes where it's like we want to recognize what you did, but it's not quite enough to get the trophy. Yeah, it's like a, a, a pity vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, any other comments about the uh, Metro Division MVP races here? No, I think that uh, I think that about wraps things up for this time on Clappercast. So if you enjoy what you're hearing, make sure to spread the word around with your family and friends, and subscribe or follow our podcast. Who were your Metro Division MVPs? Let us know on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Clappercast Media or on Twitter or Facebook at Clappercast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back next time with more Hockey Talk.